Um, since Ujunta was inspired in part by Ayn Rand's ideas, I want to note here that she made a compelling case against the idea that any abstract work could be a meaningful form of art. Let me emphasize that I by no means agree with Rand on everything she said about art. An illustrated talk I gave last year makes that fact clear. It's entitled Understanding and Appreciating Art, and it summarized what I find most valuable in Rand's theory, as well as my points of disagreement. And the talk is available on YouTube, if any of you are curious and like to see it. It's, it's illustrated with slides. I insist that Rand was absolutely right in holding that art must employ imagery to be objectively meaningful. She was right because she understood the way the mind works. We don't experience the world in terms of blotches of color. We grasp it in terms of recognizable entities, meaningful percepts of people, places, and things, such as the Jewish bride, a wonderful example that Christopher mentioned. <clears throat> color is but one attribute of such entities, and decidedly not the most important one. As neurologist Oliver Sacks observed in numerous case studies, people can function very well in a world without color, but not in one without form. The life of the unfortunate man who mistook his wife for a hat, for example, was tragically constrained by his neurologically impaired ability to recognize the objects he saw. In contrast, the subjects of Sachs's book, Island of the Colorblind, were able to lead quite normal lives. Accomplished artists have long known the representational form is more crucial than color. The great Venetian painter Titian, who was renowned as a colorist, is said to have observed that it is, quote, not bright colors, but good drawing that makes figures beautiful. Further evidence of this basic truth lies in many, <clears throat> excuse me, meaningful works of monochromatic art, as well as in black and white reproductions of countless represent representational paintings. <clears throat> in taking, <clears throat> excuse me, in taking the unprecedented step of dispensing with imagery, the pioneers of abstract painting in the early 20th century earnestly sought to convey meaning through color and shape alone, divorced from the representation of objects. A crucial yet rarely noted fact of art history, however, is that those abstract pioneers, including Kandinsky and Mondrian, the two most famous, constantly feared that without imagery, their work would be dismissed as merely decorative. That fear haunted their successors as well, not least Mark Rothko. My husband Lou Torres and I cited numerous instances of such fears in, what, in our book, What Art Is? The Aesthetic Theory of Ayn Rand, <clears throat> excuse me, and I note them in a chapter entitled What's Wrong with Abstract Art? in my recent book, Who Says That's Art? 
True, color alone can evoke emotional response, which has led many advocates of abstract art to claim an analogy with music, as Christopher has done. That analogy ignores fundamental differences, however. Unlike a musical composition, a painting is static. At best, it it resembles a single chord of music. But musical compositions don't consist of just one chord. They comprise a coherent series of chords or tones over time. Attempts have therefore been made to create color symphonies by producing sequences of abstract patterns of color. But can anyone cite an example that achieves the powerful effect of, say, Mozart or Schubert? Such compositions ultimately derive their power from music's deep connection to our innate ways of expressing emotion through movement and vocal expression, which are implicit even in purely instrumental works. Finally, what about individuals who sincerely report being deeply moved by Rothko's work, such as Hisako? I don't doubt their response, but my guess is that they are mainly moved by what they know of his artistic and personal struggle, including his suicide, and that they project their feelings about that onto the essentially blank slate his canvases provide. The true test of Rothko's work, in my view, would be the spontaneous response of viewers who know nothing about his life or his profoundly serious intentions. I doubt that such viewers would be moved by it.